Brian Smith here, and welcome to the Dream Path Podcast, where I try to get inside the heads of talented creatives from all over the world. My goal is to demystify and humanize the creative process and make it accessible to everyone. Now let's jump in. Jason Moore, welcome back to the Memorial Day Dualcast. Well, thanks for inviting me back, Brian. As always, I appreciate it. So Jason, we are here to talk about two podcasts, Sean Krauss and Michael Suri, both related in an important way. They're both animators. And we launched both of those episodes in the same week and we called it Animation Week. So let's talk about both of them together. What did you think of Michael and Sean? Well, I thought both interviews were great. Uh, both Michael and Sean, you know, had similar journeys on their way to working for big animation companies like Disney and Pixar, and they've been involved in creating some of the most iconic animated films of all time. And I think it's cool that we were able to talk to those guys and get an insight into how the animation process works and just the amount of time that goes into creating animated films. I found it to be very interesting because I used to dabble in drawing and animation as a kid. Yeah, I found it fascinating too how long it takes to shoot five seconds of film. Right. Two weeks. Unreal. Two weeks to put together five seconds of film. Yeah. And I knew it took a long time to animate, but I figured with computers, it would be a lot faster than that. Me too. But I guess when you look at how long it takes to crank out a sequel to a movie like Toy Story, so the years between Toy Story 1 and Toy Story 2 are indicative of just how long and painstaking that process is. Mm -hmm. But what I really appreciated about Michael and Sean's story is how they got into animation and how they just took this childhood love of drawing and art and they flipped it into a career as animators. And they both really enjoy what they do. It's a passion for them. And uh, that passion kind of played out through Pixar with Sean Krauss and through Disney and DreamWorks with Michael Suri. They were there for many years and then found that they needed to do something else to feel personally fulfilled. And so they found Spire Studios and are working in this startup brand new company, Spire, working on some pretty fun films, including that animated feature with Danny McBride called Trouble. Yeah. I, I can't wait to see that. I mean, that's Danny McBride is so, so hilarious. And I just, I'm trying to imagine that scenario, Danny McBride as the main character. And actually, when you get into trouble, you go to a place called Trouble. And it's probably going to be very funny, I would imagine. It's a brilliant concept. Oh, yeah. It reminds me a little bit of Inside Out. They created a world that is basically visualizing something that is an emotion. Mm, mm -hmm. And trouble isn't necessarily an emotion like what you saw happen with Inside Out, but it is a concept that hasn't been animated before. Right. It is not a world that's been animated before. So it's unique and it's fun and interesting. And I really can't wait to see it, especially with, as you say, Danny McBride, what a <laughs> comic genius he is. Oh man, that's going to be hilarious. Eastbound and Down is still one of my favorite <laughs> HBO series. I loved him in Tropic Thunder, too, when he was the explosive guy. Oh, classic. Tropic Thunder. That's one of those movies that there's a debate right now in the film world about how well that movie holds up over time, because there are a lot of references and jokes in that movie that are pushing the envelope. Oh, yeah. But I love that debate. I think it's a fair debate to have, but I still love Tropic Thunder. Every time it comes on, I watch it 
There are movies like Jerry Maguire, Tropic Thunder, Role Models. They may not age well for whatever reason, but for me, they're just classics and will always be. Oh, forever. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, one of the things too I liked hearing, uh, especially the uh, Michael Surrey interview, just where he started from and the, the fact that he started from doing Care Bears. And it just really made me laugh when you brought up Care Bears and he goes, oh, you, you're going deep on me. Oh, wow. You know, because he's, he's like, you know, that was so long ago. That was his very first kind of real job in the animation. And, and he said that he got his first car with the Care Bear money. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Spending that sweet Care Bear cash on a car. <laughs> had to have been doing good. He had to have been doing good enough. <laughs> yeah. It, I, I really enjoyed talking to Michael and Sean and I, I hope our listeners appreciate that we are venturing into other types of creativity that haven't been explored before on the podcast. Right. And if you have other ideas for industries that we haven't explored through interviews, let me know. Send me an email. Give me a call. Shoot me a text. All of my information is on the website at dreampathpodcast.com. Yeah, please do. So we had some bad news this week, Jason. Hmm. As you know, I forwarded that email to you about BJ Thomas passing away. Yes. Very sad. Yeah, BJ was one of my favorite guests on the show still to this day, and I've interviewed quite a few people. But when folks ask me, who are the guests that you really connected to the most? BJ is right up there in the top three. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is twofold. Number one, his music was part of my childhood. Yes. And by that, I mean, I grew up singing and learning the lyrics to Hey, Won't You Play Another Somebody Done Somebody Wrong song. Mm. Raindrops Keep Falling in My Head, Hooked on a Feeling. Yep. All of these songs were just part of my childhood. And I cannot think about growing up and all of the memories I've had growing up and listening to music with my parents without thinking about BJ Thomas. He has been in my playlist on my phone for years and years. And when I got a chance to interview him, I was a little bit nervous. I was thinking, okay, maybe this is uh, someone who is on the way, way end of his career and is kind of petering out and maybe is washed up. But he was far from washed up when I talked to him. He was, of course, in the middle of a global pandemic, and so he couldn't tour, but he was getting ready to head back out as soon as he was allowed and um, was really enthusiastic about performing. And that's just what he loved is to be out there on the road performing. Oh, yeah. And the second reason I really feel I connected with him during the interview was our shared experiences during our childhoods. What I mean by that is that BJ talked about growing up with an alcoholic father, mm -hmm. a father who was struggling with addiction. Yep. And I mentioned that I grew up with a dad who struggled with addiction as well, mm -hmm. specifically with alcoholism. Right. I remember him looking at me through that Zoom screen and he kind of teared up. And if you go to the YouTube video, which is the number one most viewed YouTube video on my entire channel, BJ Thomas's interview, you will see the tears well up in his eyes yep. when he says, you know what I'm talking about then, Brian. Yep. And I did. And it was that type of connection that was unforgettable. And it, it really makes you appreciate this forum for having long-form conversations because you, you can't, in a five to 10-minute interview, get to that point where you're making that type of connection and you're revealing those types of memories with guests, those shared memories. 
those commonalities. And uh, it was really special. So rest in peace, BJ Thomas, and thank you for the 50 years of music that you've given to the world. And I'm sure that music is going to keep on giving. Absolutely. Rest in peace. You know, there is one beam of light in this whole thing, and that is the music itself. We have an entire catalog of songs from BJ Thomas. He had such a rich, smooth voice. You know, there are a ton of videos out there on YouTube that that you can go back and watch and listen to that will take you all the way back to the beginning of his career and, and some more recent videos too. And what I liked was the fact that his voice didn't change much over the years. He took care of his voice and performed a lot because he sounded great, even in his more recent performances. He did. I remember a video he shot just a couple of years ago with Kebmo. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you saw that on YouTube, but I did. Yeah. He was really well regarded by musicians. He was a musician's performer. Right. And a musician's singer. And it, it was obvious when you watch the Kebmo video that younger folks like Kebmo are looking up to BJ as legends. Yes. And he, he's a nice guy too. Super nice guy. Um, I've seen interviews with other, other singers that worked with him, said he's just a country gentleman, you know, Southern country gentleman, just a super sweet guy. So yeah, rest in peace, BJ. So Jason, we have an exciting month coming up. Yes. We've talked about this in previous duo casts, but now it's happening. It's happening. We are going to be interviewing Moby this week. Right on. About his new album, Reprise, and also his documentary. We're going to be interviewing a number of folks that, I will list off all their names because I'm a little bit superstitious and I don't want to count chickens before they're in the can <laughs> and ready to launch. Right. But- you know, it's it's an exciting month for both of us, and I hope that we'll be able to keep the momentum going in July and August. Right. You don't want to give any hints because I don't know. I don't know all of the interviews that you have, but you mentioned one of them to me, and I, I I'm not going to say anything. You know, I'm going to let you say it. Well, I I'm not going to give any hints right now. I, I I will say that one of them could go up in smoke. Oh. And I don't want to say anything until we have that recorded, but it could go up in smoke. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. All right. That works for me. And I am going to be recording my first in-person face-to-face interview this month in Ellensburg, Washington. Nice. I'm going to be talking to a musician who is part of the fabric of the history of grunge music mm. in Washington State in the Pacific Northwest. Wow. And I'm going to be talking to him at his recording studio in Ellensburg, and I'll be launching that episode probably in July. Cool. So what do we have coming up next in the can, ready to launch, my friend? Well, right now we have an interview with Susan Rubel. Oh, that's right. Susan Rubel, the director of the Aspen Film Festival. Yep. We recorded that quite a while ago, and we just were not able to find a way to squeeze her in to launch that episode until now. She's a fascinating creative to talk to because she has a bunch of experience as a producer in Hollywood. So I was able to talk to her about what producers do, how they work with directors and writers, and also what she does as the director of this Aspen Film Festival, which has the Short Fest and the regular film festival, a number of things happening in Aspen throughout the year. I think three different events that they put on. But I was able to see a few of the short films this year for the Short Fest and talk to her about those. So that was a fun interview. Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, hearing the finished product. I'm, I'm almost done with it. Oh, right on. Yeah, we'll get to hear that next week. Sweet. Jason, it was really good talking to you, my friend. 
Well, as always, it's, it's uh, great talking to you, Brian. Thanks for inviting me back, and I look forward to it again. All right. Have a great week. You too, man. Hey, thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If so, I have a favor to ask. Can you go to wherever you listen to podcasts and leave me a review? Your feedback is what keeps this podcast going. You can also check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook with the handle at DreamPathPod. And as always, go find your dream path.